Good morning, Woodland. You know, we all like to be around people who are generally positive, don't we? I mean, if you had a choice between someone who is friendly looking, they smile, they laugh a lot, or someone who just looks like they got done sucking on lemons, who would you likely choose to be around? For me, I would choose the person who's smiling and looks friendly, right? There's times where things do drag us down in life, and there's times where where that happens, but we really don't want to be around those people that drag us down, do we? I mean, we don't really want to be around the people that, that look like they are sucking on lemons. And one thing that really just doesn't make any sense to me is this idea of a grumpy Christian. Now, I understand we have bad days in our lives, and there's times in our life where, you know, things happen that cause us to be down, but a grumpy Christian is kind of like an oxymoron, isn't it? It's kind of like jumbo shrimp. Really? Right? Or a small crowd. Really? Or I like this one. Your only choice. If it's... Only one thing. It really isn't a choice at all, is it? Right? So it's hard to understand when someone says that they're a follower of Jesus, yet they live this life that is grumpy. Right? We know the kids' song, if you're happy and you know it, you know, clap your hands. And really we should change that song to, if you're happy and you know it, let your face show it, right? And now, I'm not talking about sadness when you experience genuine sorrow or painful losses in your life, right? Because those things can make us sad. Those things, you know, can bring us down. But the Bible teaches us that we can still experience joy and demonstrate joy in our lives, even when we experience loss, And so you don't have to fake happiness or walk around with a fake smile on on and pretending to be happy when, when everything isn't okay. But what I'm talking about is how do you carry yourself when those moments in your life happen? You know, what is your basic attitude? And so let me ask you, how would others characterize your attitude? Right? Do they see you living a life that is filled with joy? Do they see peace in your life? Or do they see someone who looks like, you know, they have no hope for today, or better yet, much less for eternity? Right? And so which attitude do you think would be more attractive when you're trying to tell someone and share someone with someone about Jesus? Can you imagine someone coming up to you who looked sad, dejected, and defeated, and they come up to you and say, hey, you know what, I've, I've got some really good news I want to share with you. It's changed my life, and I want to tell you about Jesus. Right? Did that look sad? Right? I'd be like, listen, if you're not excited about what you have to share with me, I don't want to hear it because I'm not going to be excited about it then, right? I mean, I want someone who's coming up and just excited, right? I mean, you know, this week we we went to Cedar Point with our family, and, and when we got off the rides, you know, my kids, they were excited. They're like, that was fun. They were excited. They're telling me about the twists and turns, the loops and everything, and they were excited about it. 
right? And it made me excited. I'm like, tell me more. I just wrote it with you, but I want to hear more about it, right? I want to experience those things with those people. And so this morning, I want to talk about how we can enjoy the people in our life. In 1 Thessalonians 5, it says, always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. See, the Bible says that when we are passionate followers of Jesus, one of the fruits in our lives that should be on display should be a fruit of joy. You know, there are over 200 references of joy in the Bible. And when I say joy, I don't mean happiness. Because happiness is dependent upon our circumstances, right? I may like eating nachos, right? But when I get heartburn later, I'm not too happy that I ate those nachos at night, right? See, joy isn't found in our circumstances. And the Apostle Paul, he had a lot to say about living with joy in his life. And if you ever looked and studied about his life, you would understand that he went through some pretty tough circumstances. You know, he had been whipped and beaten multiple times. He had been pelted with rocks. He had been shipwrecked, not just once. I mean, you get shipwrecked once. I'm not sure I'd ever want to go on the water again. But, you know, at least three times. And even though Paul found himself in prison, here in in the book of um, Philippians, in the short letter, he writes and uses the word joy, rejoice, or be glad over 15 times. Peter Drucker said that the number one characteristic of a CEO is that they enjoy other people. And so do you enjoy people around you? Do you enjoy those that you work with, right? Do you enjoy your spouse, even when they don't agree with the way that you do things, right? And all too often, we really don't enjoy the people in our life. We tolerate them, right? We may even put up with them, but we don't enjoy being with them. And so, what does it take to enjoy the people in our life? How can we have joy in the midst of hard times? And how do we become people who live a lifestyle of joy? And, and so number one, I said, be grateful for the good in people. Be grateful for the good in people. You know, think about all the times when someone did something good for you. You weren't expecting it at all. You know, it, it just came out of left field, and all of a sudden, someone did something nice for you, right? Maybe, maybe you were in the drive-thru ordering a cup of coffee, and the car ahead of you paid for it right? Or maybe because of all the rain we've been getting these last few weeks, you just haven't had time to go and mow your lawn. And and all of a sudden, you look out and there's your neighbor mowing your lawn for you. You're like, thank you. I didn't want to do that, right? You know, there was, a, there was this woman who was checking out at a grocery store, and as she was checking out, the, the clerk tallied up all her groceries, and she discovered that she didn't have enough money to pay for her groceries. She was $12 short. And so she began to, to pick different items out of her bag, pulling them out and one by one, and until all of a sudden, this gentleman stepped up and said, here, take this $20. And she said, no, no, please don't put yourself out. But he insisted, and he began to share how 
Every day he's been going to the hospital to visit his mother who's in the hospital with cancer. And every day he would show up with new flowers until that morning when his mother got mad at him and yelled at him and said, stop buying me flowers. Put your money to something else. She demanded that he do something else with his money. And so he said, please accept this gift because this is the gift that I would have used the money on to buy my mom her flowers. See, isn't it wonderful when people show kindness to others? And too often we're, we're quick to point out the negative in others instead of looking for the good in others. And the Apostle Paul, he chose to believe the best about people. He, he liked to remember the, the good times and the good things about the, the people that he encountered and focused on, on those good times that he had with them. In Philippians 1.3, he writes, My prayer for you are full of praise to God as I give him thanks for you with great joy. I'm so grateful for our union. And Paul often thought about the people that he had encountered, the people that he did life with. And instead of focusing on all the negative, he chose to focus and remember on the, the positive experiences that he had. And what do you choose to remember? What do you choose to focus on those that you do life with? See, I have an older brother, and if you have any older siblings, you may understand that sometimes you just didn't get along. My brother and I, we didn't get along at all. And so growing up, I didn't have many positive experiences with him. I lost count of how many times we had gotten into a fight and, and literally fist fights where he knocked me out. And, but as we've gotten older, some things have changed and, and now we're friends. And, and instead of looking back at those old times where, where all those negative things have happened and all those uh, encounters with our fists, right? I try to choose to remember the positive experiences. I choose to remember the times where, where we'd sit there and play the video game Madden football together and, and play and have fun. And you know, I choose to remember when we would play baseball together with the neighborhood kids. And I choose to remember the times when we'd ride our bikes to places we shouldn't be going yet had so much fun, right? See, Paul said, every time I think of you, I remember the good things, and I give God thanks. See, you have a choice. You can remember the negative, or you can choose to remember the good things. And so what are you focusing on? See, Paul chose not to remember the painful memories, and it's important to remember that, that we never, he never forgot what happened. He never forgot what happened to him. He, he remembered that he had gotten pelted with stones. He remembered he had gotten beaten. But he chose to look at the positive experiences. He focused on the things that he could be grateful for. See, when you focus on the negative, you miss out on all the good things that God wants to do in your life. And you can often become a, a prisoner of your own mind. And so instead of focusing on the, the negative, be grateful for the good in people. See, pleasant memories, they're a choice. I can choose to remember the fights. I can choose to remember the arguments with my brother, you know, as we grew up together. 
Or I can choose the positive things and look back on all the positive experiences we had in our life. And some of those positive moments were when we were inflicting pain on each other, right? I mean, we would have these stuffed animal wars when we were little where we'd literally throw our stuffed animals as hard as we could at each other. And that was fun. That really was. Now, if you remember a couple weeks ago when I spoke, I said, what's fun for me may not be fun for you, and that's okay because what's fun for you may not be fun for me. And so we enjoyed that. We enjoyed putting on our, our gloves, our winter gloves, and having boxing matches with each other, right? Those were fun moments, and I choose to reflect upon those times more than the times when he beat me up. And so... We should try to remember the best and forget the rest. And maybe someone in the past has hurted you cruelly, and, and it could have been a spouse, it could have been a parent. I'm not saying deny the hurts because that's not healthy at all. But focus on the good that is in your life. Focus on the good that's in your life. You know, people will say, he's a good person, but... Right? And anytime you hear that word, but, they're focusing on the negative of that person, right? It's never a positive thing that comes after him, right? He's a good person, but he's really too generous, right? You, you never hear that. He's a good person, but, right? And it's always a negative thing. See, remember, there is no such thing as Mr. Perfect. There is no such thing as the perfect spouse. There is no such thing as the perfect Christian or the perfect church. And so be grateful for the good in others. Secondly, be grateful for people's faithfulness. Be grateful for people's faithfulness. In high school, I remember one of my friends coming up to me, and he was sharing how he had heard a rumor that was going around about me. And as he was telling me, I was like, wow, wow I never even expected this and he told me how this person was sharing this thing about me and he stood up and said listen I, I know Corey and I know that he wouldn't do that and he began to tell me and share with me and I was so appreciative and you know we were best friends but our relationship that day was even strengthened even stronger because he was faithful he was loyal he stood up for me you know there really is something incredible that happens when people display loyalty one, to one another. And I think we'd all say that we love it when, when someone shows themselves trustworthy. You know, Paul went on to say in Philippians, I'm so grateful for our union, for you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. Life can be difficult, and it's important to have people in your life that you can count on. And Paul understood these people, he could count on them. You know, this probably happened maybe 20 years ago, but late one night I was leaving a friend's house and heading back home, and I was running late earlier that day to get to his house, and so I was driving on empty. And maybe you've done that before. I don't know. I've done it in all my cars. I want to see how far I can get before I run out of gas. And so I was running late to his house and had to get there quickly, and so... I didn't fill up, and I thought, you know, afterwards when I leave his house, I'll fill up then. And so I left his house on the way to the gas station. It's late, and all of a sudden, I run out of gas. I couldn't make it to the closest gas station. And so I called up my friend, and I told him what happened, and him and his dad got a good laugh at my expense. And um, 
I said, you know, can you please help me out? And within five minutes, he was right there with a gas can in his hand, helping me to get to the gas station. I knew that if I called him, he would come and help me. I knew it. And I know today, even today, if I called him and I said, listen, I need, help. I need some help. Can you come help me? He would show up today and help me because of that relationship that we have together, because he's so faithful and I'm faithful to him. You know, who's in your life, who's shown themselves dependable? Who's shown themselves dependable to you? And how have you thanked them? You know, you always know your true friends when things are, are going tough in your life, won't you? They're there to encourage you. They're there to protect you. They're there to give you guidance and assistance. They believe in you. They help you through the situation. They don't just leave you hanging. They help you to get through the other side of it. You know, are you that kind of friend? When your friends are going through a tough time, can they count on you to be there? You know, if you want to enjoy others, you need to focus on their strengths and not their weaknesses. And with some people, that may take a lot of creativity on your part, right, to be able to focus on some of the positives. But you can find some good in everyone. And you also need to be thankful for the faithfulness that they've demonstrated in your life. And you need to make sure that you show that same kind of faithfulness to them as well. Thirdly, be grateful for a godly perspective. Now, don't raise your hands. We don't want anyone to see, right? But have, have you ever said to someone that, I'm going to be praying for you this week, right? And your intentions are good, but all of a sudden, later that week, you, you run into them and you see them coming and you realize, I haven't prayed for them. I said I was going to, but I've completely forgot, Right? You told him you were going to pray for him. You've completely forgotten. And, and so now you see him and you're like, i got to say a quick prayer so that I'm not a liar, right? And so you, you tell God, God, touch him. Do something quickly in their life, right? Paul goes on to say, whenever I pray, I make my requests for all of you with joy. You know, wouldn't it be wonderful to know when you ask someone to pray for you that they will that's the kind of person Paul was. Throughout his books, he, writ, he wrote saying he was always mentioning them by name in his prayers. You know, it'd be wonderful to have someone like Paul in your life praying for you, yet at the same time a little terrifying, right? You know, because Paul's prayers are answered, and sometimes you don't know what he may be praying for, but you could trust and count on when you come to him and ask for prayer, he would be. And that's the kind of person we should be. When we say we're going to be praying for someone, we pray for someone. When you turn in your, your communication cards with your prayer requests, we as a staff, we are praying for you. And we're praying and believing that God is going to do that miracle in your life. And so continue to fill out those cards. Continue to email us at prayer at woodland.church and let us know your prayer requests because you can count on us. We are praying for you. We just ask you be the same kind of person. When someone asks you to pray and you say, I'll be praying for you, make sure you're that person too. Pray for them. You know, the quickest way to change a relationship from, from bad to good is to start thanking God for them when you're praying. 
When you start thanking God for that individual, it will begin to do a work in your own heart. And so let me encourage you over the next week or so that, that you pick a person in your life, maybe someone that, that you kind of struggle with, and, and just begin to pray for them. And when you do, you'll begin to see a couple things change in your life. You know, if you're really praying for them, and, and not the kind of prayer where you just say, you know, God, I need you to just change them so that they're more likable, right, so that I can stand them. No, that's not the prayer I'm talking about, but pray the kind of prayer that, that says, God, I'm seeking you for their life. I'm believing that you're going to do a great miracle in their life. I'm believing that you're going to do a great work in their life. And when you truly seek God for them, truly seek God and ask God to do a great work in their hearts, their lives, God will begin to do a work in your own. You know, you will begin to see things change. You'll begin to see them in a new light. You'll begin to love them a little bit more and a little bit more. And you'll begin to see them the way God sees them. And you'll begin to pray and see God and you'll begin to shift that focus from, from you and your feelings towards them to God and what God wants for them. See, most of us are pretty good at praying and seeking God when crises happen in our life. You know, we find out that someone is sick in our family and, and we turn to God and we start praying and believing, God, we, we need you to touch this individual and, and God heal them. And we'll turn to God and we'll begin to pray. Yet when life is going well for us, we find ourselves kind of stepping back and not, not earnestly seeking God as much, you know. We'll still pray. We'll still pray and ask God to bless our meals, right? And we'll still pray a quick prayer at night before we go to bed and ask God to help us get a good night's sleep. But Paul, he's sharing that when he's praying, he's specifically praying for people in his life. He goes on to say, I pray that your love will keep on going and that you will fully know and understand how to make the right choices. Then you will still be pure and innocent when Christ returns. And until that day, Jesus Christ will keep you busy doing good deeds that bring glory and praise to God. You know, Paul prayed for four different things for the people in his life. We see in this passage, and I want to encourage you this week, Pray these things for yourself. Pray these for the individual that I encourage you to, to pray for this week that you're thinking about right now. And begin to pray these things. The first one is pray to grow in love. Pray to grow in love. You know, I think all of us could use some prayer that we would all grow in love. Don't you think? Philippians 1.9 says, I pray that your love will overflow more and more that your love will overflow more and more. It's, it's a continual thing. It, it never stops. It just keeps growing and growing. And, and when you begin to pray that your love will grow more and more, it will. God will begin to do a work in your heart. God will begin to do some great things. But don't take it for granted. Continue to see God. Ask him to do things. Pray that your love for your spouse will continue to grow more and more than it was yesterday and the day before. Pray that your love for your children will grow and that if you have multiple kids, right, 
that they will love each other more and more. Because maybe your kids are like mine, where they're best of friends one day, and then the next moment they're the worst of enemies. They get along great, and then all of a sudden something happens, and now they turn on each other. Pray that their love for each other will continue to grow more and more each day. Secondly, pray to make wise choices. Pray to make wise choices. Have you ever made a decision and then shortly after that, you regretted it? You regretted that decision, right? If you only would have waited a little bit longer, if you only would have gathered a couple more facts, if, if you only would have talked to someone who could have given you a little more counsel, a little more a better advice, right? You wouldn't have made that decision in the first place. Paul goes on to say that he prays that you will fully know and understand how to make the right choices. You know, as a parent, I'm constantly praying that I make the right choices, right, for my children, but my, my children will make the right decisions and choices. As a youth pastor, I'm praying for your kids that they will make the right choices. And I know, I know that, that you as parents, you're praying for your children as well. This, this summer, we're celebrating three of our young couples that are getting married, and we are so excited for them. And I know the parents that they had been praying for years that their children would make the right choice when it comes to their spouse. And, and they have, and it's great to see these young couples coming together and getting married. Paul says, pray I pray that you will make the right choices. Pray that God will give you wisdom, that he'll give you understanding to make the right decisions and the right choice. And then third, pray to do the right thing. You know, we're living in a culture that isn't easy, right? And it's not encouraging people to do the right thing. Paul goes on to say, I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives. You know, there is a difference between doing what's right versus being right. There really is a big difference. And doing what's right is about recognizing the needs of the situation above your own. It includes you, but it isn't all about you, right? And, you know, when we commit to doing what's right, God helps us. He helps us through that situation, and he helps us to be our best, because character really does matter. Integrity matters. And it's important that we model this to our, our children, model this to our families, our coworkers, our neighbors. You know, as passionate followers of Christ, we should live a life that's full of integrity. And in today's digital world where everything's just a, a fingertip away, right? Everyone's watching. Everyone's quickly hitting record and and sharing live videos of people doing crazy things, right? Pray that your life will be one that is pure and blameless. And then finally, number four, pray to be a passionate follower of Christ. Paul goes on to say, and I, I like how the message translation puts it, live a lover's life, circumspect and exemplary, a life Jesus will be proud of, Bountiful in fruits from the soul, making Jesus Christ attractive to all. Getting everyone involved in the glory and praise of God. Doesn't that sound good? 
Pray that your life will be attractive to everyone you meet. You know, Paul is saying that, that when he prays, he's praying for them to live a life where people see Jesus in them, right? He's saying, live like Jesus is right there with you because he is, right? Our lives should be one that makes Jesus attractive to all. Not everyone will say yes to Jesus. I understand that. But it should be attractive to all. You know, the words we say, our actions, everything that we do should make Jesus proud. And when we live this way, when we make Jesus attractive to the people in our lives, God will get the glory. He'll get the glory. Let's pray this morning. You know, the secret to enjoying the people in your life is to live as a passionate follower of Christ. And the only way that you can really enjoy those in your life is to make sure Jesus is in your life. And so if you're here today or maybe you're watching online right now and maybe someone invited you to join and watch or, or you just came across our page and you want to invite Jesus into your life, today is the best day to do it. Today is the best day. And I want to encourage you to do that right now. And so if you want to make that decision and invite Jesus into your life, will you just simply pray with me right now? Jesus, I thank you so much for loving me. God, you loved me enough that you sent Jesus to come and die on a cross for my sin. And though I don't really understand everything, I do know this, that I need you in my life. I want to live a life that is attractive to all. And so I ask you to come and forgive me of all my sin. Make me a new person. Help me to live that life that you created me to live. Help me to live each day with you in it. And so I ask you right now, God, help me each day to know you more, to love you more, and to experience all that you have to offer. I pray this in Jesus' name. And God, for everyone else who's here and who's watching right now, God, may you help us. Help us to see the good in others. Help us to see people the way you see them. God, may we be faithful to others like you are faithful to us. And God, may you give us that godly perspective that when we pray, God, we're praying for our friends, we're praying for our coworkers, we're praying for our neighbors. God, that we will see them the way that you see them. And so I ask right now, may you come, may you do a great work. Help us to live an attractive life. Help us to live a life that puts a smile on your face and brings glory to you. And so, God, I ask right now, be with each and every one of us as we get ready to go. Be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
Well, thank you so much for joining with us today. And if you prayed that prayer with me today and you're here, we have a book that we'd love to give you. If you just stop by one of our tables on the way out, just ask for that book. We'd love to give it to you. But if you're watching online and you prayed that prayer with me today, we'd love to send you that book as well and help you uh, in your next steps. And if so if you just email us at info at woodland.church and just let us know that you prayed that prayer, we'd love to send it to you. It'll help you in your next step and help you understand a little bit more about Jesus and and what he wants in your life. Also, as you're leaving today, make sure you take that communication card. And if you haven't filled it out right now, do so right now. Place it into the offering baskets along with your offerings today, all right? God bless you. Have a wonderful week.